This is the UU Perspective with your host, Sharon Merrill. Welcome to episode number five of the UU Perspective, where we provide weekly interviews with today's most inspiring Unitarian Universalists. Again, I'm Sharon Merrill, and I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and a member of the Unitarian Universalist Society of Cleveland. This show is going to focus on UU sharing their involvement in the community and the impact that they are making through their passion to make a difference. You'll hear what they've discovered in their journey, what they've done and how they've made a difference, and the impact they hope to see for the future. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the conversations from your fellow UUs around the world. My guest today, Peggy Lagodny, is a friend who I've known for probably about 17 years ago since I've been with my partner, Amy, and I met her at what we call the Outlaw Women's Stitch and Bitch Society Women's Retreat that we have every February. Kind of a getaway for us women, and it can be anywhere from 12 to 30 people. And it's just a great place to kind of share women's spirit and have some fun together. So I did this recording, this interview, at the retreat on the weekend. So again, kind of one of those uh, live interviews where you're going to hear different things in the background and, and things like that. So, um, but you're going to hear about her discovery becoming a pagan and how she incorporates it into her UU life also. So let's get to it. And here's Peggy. Okay, UUs, let's get started. I'm excited to introduce my guest today, Peggy Lagotny, and I've already given you some information and an overview about Peggy, but let's have Peggy take a minute. And Peggy, would you tell everyone about yourself and how you've been involved in the UU community? Well, the way I got involved with the UU community was I took a Tai Chi class at West Shore many, many years ago. And I was pagan and found that I had grown up Catholic and really missed the sense of community that being in a church gave me. Um, and one of the guys in the class said, oh, well, you, you got to try coming here one of these Sundays. And I did. And it's like, okay, I'm home. I can be a pagan. I can fit in here. My spiritual path is very much in line with what the place is about. And uh, it was it was a very good place to be. When did you know that that's that you were a pagan? Well, I think I always was. I just didn't have a name for it. Um, the May altar for Mary was my favorite thing to do. And Mary, of course, is kind of a cleaned up version of the goddess. Uh, once I got out on my own, um, it was a search. I worked at the library downtown and... I would find bits and pieces in books. I would find fiction books that made mention of goddess with a capital G. It's like, okay, we're on the right track. But then I would find books like uh, a witch's spell book, which was all about how to catch a man and how to get money. And it was a gimme, gimme, gimme kind of thing. And it's like, no, that's not what I'm looking for. And one day I went into a bookstore downtown, Manifestations, and found Starhawk's Dreaming the Dark. And as I was going through the pages, it was 
there was that woman who got into my head and answered every single question that I had. And the way she had put everything, it was like, yes, this is what I'm looking for. And that was what launched me into the spiritual path that I'm on now. How old were you? Um, early 20s. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's been a few years now. Yeah, right? quite a few years. I'm 21 again. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and again and again and again. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been, I think, it, like I said, all my life I just never really had a name for it until I was in my 20s. And I've been lucky in that the kind of books that were available at the time, um, and, and it always seemed like it was one of those things where I'd be walking by a bookstore and that little intuition voice would say, you go in there. And I would find something that would have the answer to something I was thinking about or something that would propel me again a little further along the path. I guess you could say I'm an eclectic pagan. Um, I take a little bit from Wicca. I take a little bit of some, a tiny bit of the native spirituality. And I still hold on to some of the Christian um, philosophy mm-hmm. that I grew up with. And it, you know, it's kind of a, an interesting mesh, but. Well, and, and how, like you've, obviously it's been quite a few years then before you became a UU. Right. So during that time, what, what was it like? I mean, how did you cultivate it? Um, I, well, before I, you know, did find the UU church and CUPS, which was a wonderful organization, it was just basically on my own. There were some local women's groups that would do the solstices and equinoxes that uh, I would take, you know, participate in that. There's a Druid group that I had gone to one or two of their things. There was a group for a while, the Pagan Awareness Coalition, that I was a little bit involved with, but I kind of moved away from them when their group just kind of dissolved a bit. Yeah, it was just, it always seemed like what I needed came when I needed it. And then um, I did discover West Shore, and um, there were a lot of people in there that were not like out and out like I am a pagan, but they had, you know, they were along the the earth-centered spirituality type of path. And we did start a CUPS group there. um, And what's the CUPS group? CUPS is Covenant of Unitarian Universalist Pagans, and it is um, a national group. And that was always, that was great because, you know, people of like mind, and it wasn't just people from the church itself that would come to the meetings, you know, and, and there were people that some would, you'd, you'd consider more new age, some were very high church Wiccan, some were like me that were, you know, kind of eclectic. And it was really, because it was always a learning experience. Somebody would bring something and we would discuss. Yeah. And, and then I found witch camp. Mm. And that witch camp is where the quantum leap growth happened. Okay. Yeah. So what was that all about? Okay. Witch camp is put on by the reclaiming group. Uh, They run out of San Francisco. If you go on the internet, look up reclaiming, look up witch camp. Uh, They're all over the country. Uh, What does that mean when you're saying reclaiming? Oh, reclaiming is the organization. Well, organization Starhawk was very um, active at the beginning in. They're a pagan group. They follow the fairy, F-E-R-I, fairy tradition for the most part. I'm not all that familiar with that. You know, um, I've only learned at camp about it and and little bits and pieces. You know, it's, it's, but it is a whole path that, you know, you have a complete initiation process for. But... Mm -hmm. Anyway, they have camps all over the country. Okay. It's a week-long intensive. 
which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. So you get away from the world for a week and you can just, you can immerse yourself in a spiritual, um, it's, it's magic and magic with a capital M. And I'm not talking about pulling a rabbit out of the hat magic. <laughs> it's really hard to describe. I mean, you go there, you have what you call morning path and they usually have three or four and some of them involve like Pagan 101 for people who are just starting. They have things like a path that, that looks very much inward, um, does a lot of meditation. There was one year that Starhawk came and did an earth path where she actually had the people going to the local junkyard and or the, um, the garbage where they dump the garbage mm -hmm. and sorting through the garbage and putting the recyclables off to the side and making sure that, you know, mm. she, because her thing is that if you're pagan, um, you're very tied to the earth and you need to honor it and be active. Mm -hmm. And she is very much an earth activist. And uh, I, I luckily wasn't in that path that year, but the people that were in it just really, really loved it. Are there different definitions for, you know, for being a pagan? I mean, it sounds like there's kind of a spectrum. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like Christianity. You have everything from, you know, you have your Catholic, you have your Episcopal, you have your Baptist, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, within the framework of paganism, there's, I guess what you could call high church Wiccan, you know, very much ritual. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're very sort of strict isn't the quite, quite word, but I mean, there are four, you know, there's a formula for doing things. Mm -hmm. Then like me, I'm what you call a low church slacker, <laughs> um, <laughs> which I, I celebrate, you know, the various um, solstices, equinox quarters. Every day is, there's a little bit of a meditation, you know, sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's no right or wrong way to be pagan. It's uh -huh. it's what your path, what your heart tells you to take. It is a lot of it though being like tied to the earth. That whole, I mean, it's it's yeah, earth. Well, there's an earth centered facet to it where you know it it's being in touch with the seasons. It's being in touch with the flow, the um, changes in the moon cycles. There mm -hmm. are whole things of energy that go with the moon. You know, the darker the moon is a good time for planting things. And this even goes like into old folklore. In your own life, you know, you want to start something new. At the dark of the moon, you do um, meditations, ritual, saying, okay, I want this to grow. And then as the moon gets fuller, the energy kind of builds and pulls and it, it's like it makes it grow. Mm -hmm. And one thing I have, by the way, learned about ritual, watch what you ask for. You just might get it and definitely not in the way you're expecting it. And so have you had that happen? Oh, yeah, too many times. <laughs> Way too many times. Yeah. You got a good example of one? Oh, no. I, oh. I could go on for hours. Yeah. Well, okay. Good example. Um, my kids were young and um, my ex was an alcoholic and drinking. And I said, I really need some time away where I could just relax and sleep. And if I want to watch TV, I can. Well, within a week, I had fallen, broken my cheekbone, and ended up in the hospital for three days. Ooh. I got what I wanted. I got time to sleep. Mm -hmm. I got time to watch TV. I got time away from everybody. But it's just not what I asked for. Yep. So, and quite define it the way you really would have wanted that exactly, to be. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So you really, yeah. I've, I've learned that about um, spell work I don't do um, anymore. I just sort of send out wishes 
prayers, you know, but I don't say, okay, this is what I want exactly because I found that the powers that be have a very bizarre sense of humor when it comes to, (laughs) you know, granting these requests. Inside of the cups, Mm -hmm. did that kind of help ground just your spirituality and get it closer, like being uh, around the UUs and that? Did it um, well, it, it did make a, a stronger sense of community mm-hmm. because, you know, as I said, there were people that were members of the, the that particular congregation that were members. And w- the fun thing was we got to do um, Sunday services. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a summer solstice and I got such a kick out of it because there was one woman in the congregation that was always sort of very staid and sober and she was, you know, very, very, very sort of person, <laughs> you know. And we had videotaped the thing and we had somebody drumming at the end and she's dancing down the aisle so wow. you know it, it was fun to, to be able to you know put make this as part of the liturgy I, I've always enjoyed the fact that you know I could never do that in a Catholic church right you know I mean a couple hundred years ago they burned me at the stake <laughs> number one uh-huh. um, but it, it was always anything we've done um, within the framework of the UU um, now I go to the society of course mm-hmm. um, Sunday services we do um, and people love them, which is really nice. And, and yeah. it's nice, too, because you sort of can, and I proselytize is not the word, but you can make people more aware of that path. Mm-hmm. And it's fun to hear how some people go, oh, wow, I must be a pagan then, because I've always thought that way. Ah, you yeah. know, so that's fun. And we do, um, usually solstices and equinoxes will celebrate you know like in the evening we have a group and people show up from all over what brought you into becoming a member of the society then my beloved oh (laughs) (laughs) no well that that was part of it that was part of it but um i what i like about being at the unitarian universalist society of cleveland (laughs) is i love the just the sense of community that's there it's a small congregation Mm -hmm. and it's almost like being around you know aunts and uncles and cousins kind of thing you know but the good thing about it it's not like an exclusive community it's anybody Mm -hmm. that comes is welcome and welcomed very you know with open arms yeah and it's it's nice to see you know the way people can come and fit in and Mm -hmm. did it allow you to share more of paganism to everyone yeah yeah because we did a we actually did a covenant group pagan 101 Oh, yeah. Which was great. And um, the thing that was really good about it, too, was I, I did the first two. It was, um, I think it was like eight months. We, did, we met once a month. Mm-hmm. And each person had to do a section. Mm-hmm. Because my philosophy is when you teach is when you learn. Mm-hmm. Because when you're teaching, you have to know your material. And it worked out really well. And uh, we had a really good group for that. And we ended up doing a Sunday service afterwards. And and the good thing, too, is, you know, you get such a, it, it makes the community stronger uh-huh. to have things like that going. Well, what did you teach inside of that? What were people teaching? Well, people were interested in what paganism is. And I went, and I told them at the very beginning, this is my point of view on it. And I told them, you know, I'm eclectic. I'm not high church. And that you can go talk to somebody else and they'll tell you, that I was, you know, full of it, but a base, just the basis, the idea of what it, what is imminence, the idea that the sacred is in everything around you. Um, then we had a chapter on the goddess and the god, mm-hmm. and how you define that. You know, it's the sacred feminine, the sacred masculine, 
I read one time, and I don't know who said it anymore, but that, you know, there's the goddess and then all the names of the goddesses, you know, like Bridget mm -hmm. and Isis and Astarte. Mm -hmm. Those are job descriptions of the sacred mm -hmm. feminine. In other words, they embody certain qualities of the feminine. Oh. Like, you know, Bridget is the goddess of poets, and she's the goddess of smithcraft. She's the goddess of making things. Okay. You know, Isis is the one that, that brings things back together. You know, she, her story with Osiris, she went and found the bits and pieces of him that he'd been cut into and restored him. Oh. Yeah, so we did that. And then we did a thing on the ethics of magic. Mm -hmm. And then we also talked about if it harms none, do as you will. Mm -hmm. which sounds very simple, but when you think about it, it's like a thousand commandments. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you really have to take a look at what you're doing and how it affects people. Like, yeah. okay, like I bought a tomato. All right, who who grew it? Where was it grown? The people that harvested it, the people that put it in a truck and brought it to the store, the people in the store who sold it. Mm -hmm. You know, so you've got this whole, that interdep interdependent web yeah. going. There you go. And just being, it makes you more aware of it. And it makes you, when you make choices, wow. you know, you yeah. see that spider web and, okay, I pull this thread, well, what's going to move? Oh, yes. So, oh, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, and then, um, let's see, what was there were a couple other things we did, but there were more chapters to it, but those were, you know, the most important. Well, so if everybody is kind of like a beginner mm -hmm. doing this, and then they have to take part in teaching it, right? are they, are you given the topic, and then they go and research it and well, bring it back? Well, what I did was I went on the internet, and I, I went into books, and I had done one of these at, at West Shore years ago, too. Uh oh and so I had a handout that had, you know, quote, just chunks of quotations out of books and things like mm -hmm. that, so that they had an idea of, you know, the concept that we were trying to get across for that particular month. And then there was um, a little bit bibliography as to where some of this came from. So if you wanted to go further, okay, you could. What I found I was doing, because I'm, I'm an information junkie, uh -huh. you know, I would go to research it and I'd end, I'd end up with like 50 pages. But I, and then to kind of cut it down to like, okay, wait, we're, right. people are just going to look at this and go, no way. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they had a hard time sometimes with 10 pages because oh, there, was, there was so much in there, you know, that wow. you had to really think about. And, um, but it worked out well. And, and a couple people had said that they really liked the fact that they had to do the teaching part because they now it's in their brain right and and it was kind of the way we did it was like a springboard mm -hmm. you know okay this is what these are the basics mm -hmm. and whichever path you decide to follow from here you know yeah this, here here's your foundation okay so and it worked out really well yeah cool. how many participated uh there were 12 was it all women no women oh. and men women and men yeah yeah, so it was really good. Because, you know, the other thing, too, is like over the years, when I first started in um, on the pagan path, it was like kind of a pendulum swing opposite of the patriarchal Catholic thing. Mm -hmm. And it was very much goddess only. And I think now I'm kind of in the middle where getting the masculine back into it yeah. and, and finding the balance with it mm -hmm. um, and finding just redefining what God is. God, the male portion. Okay. And uh, that's that's been kind of an interesting path. <laughs> what have you found inside of that? What have you? Um, 
Well, it's just that, you know, we, I was so used to, you know, you grow up with this this Christian God who's this um, old white guy with a beard who just is so judgmental and the least little thing and you're going to go burn in hell for the rest of your life. And then finding that the male is the protector, the nurturer, you know, he has his own part. And, and you know, you, you kind of look through the different um, mythologies and some of them, you know, it's, it's kind of funny because the, the male becomes the second-class citizen. You know, he's oh. the, con, the consort mm. rather than the actual. But I, I think, you know, trying to find um, a mythology of my own, which, which I think, see, the good thing about paganism is you kind of can find what fits your path. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like, you know, it's not dogmatic. Right. There's a lot of flexibility. (laughs) Right. There is. There is. And I think that, you know, like what I'm finding right now, you know, working with this this male sort of part of it is that there is an equality, you know, between the male and the female. There's a balance. Mm -hmm. And that's that's what you should look for, you know, not Mm -hmm. just one or the other. It it needs to be there. There's a, a, a circle casting that I learned at witch camp, and it's by the earth is, that is her body, by the air that is her breath, by the fire of her bright spirit, and by the waters of her living womb, mm. the circle is cast. Well, in doing this class, what I found is there's actually one now where they have by the earth that is her body, and the grove that is his home, mm. by the air that is her breath, and the music that is his song. So it brings in... Wow. The balance. Yeah. And, and I like the feeling of that when I'm doing it with a group. It depends, too, the other thing of, of who I'm doing it with. I mean, we have a group of women that have been getting together for quite a while, mm-hmm. and we do tend to keep it just goddess. Sure. And then when I do more public things or, or things at the society, we bring in the balance. Yeah. So yeah. you can fit it for whatever situation. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and it works both ways. I mean, it works really well. So. <laughs> cool. What's your favorite celebration? Well, you know what's really funny? Um, a lot of the ones that we do publicly, I think winter solstice is always the best. Yeah. I love winter solstice. I love that idea of... There, there's a, a quote from a book that is called Moonwise by Greer Gilman, and she has a, a little phrase, the starry dance hangs still and fierce. And that's that moment between when the longest night of the year ends and then the days start to get longer again. Yeah. You know, that, that point that where you're balanced. Uh-huh. And I just really love that. And the notebooks, I, I keep notebooks at home, like when I do things like that, of, of the rituals that we've done. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> the one for the winter solstice is the thickest. So wow. <laughs> it's really good. Yeah, that's my favorite. I think I really like that the oh, best. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. So. Do you ever plan on doing the like uh, paganism 101 anywhere else? I mean, have you been asked to do that? No, no. But I mean, I've got friends that you know I've given them copies of it. Yeah. And um, then at some point, you know, if they ask again at the society, we'll do it again. Right. Because I've got some more stuff I found that I'd like to add into Woo! it. You yeah. Know? So, <laughs> and we could do it for more than eight eight months, but um, yeah. Oh, so cool. That's been pretty good. Are there any other plans or anything else, any other ways to incorporate it into um, the UU Society at all? Well, we, um, when I was on the worship team, um, we have the, the worship team Sundays, and we did things like um, for summer solstice, we did, I did a part called Eat Your Lawn, 
which was, oh, yeah. you know, and, and it's learning about, you know, plants and, you know, things you can eat and things you can do. And then we did the Feast of Bridget and okay. yeah, or no, no, it was the St. Patrick's Day celebration. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, that, that whole story about, well, St. Patrick chased the, the serpents out of Ireland, meaning the Druid serpent, the serpents were their symbol. So, you know, kind of getting down and digging into the myth. And, yeah. you know, so we, we would do things like that. Um, mm-hmm. I've kind of rolled off the worship team because I've got other things that I'm in, uh, working on now with them. Mm-hmm. But, you know, as soon as I get done with that, I'm going to be back. Yeah. I'm a liturgy junkie. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. Now, did you, are you doing anything then outside of the UU Society as far as? Just the one group that I meet with every month. Yeah. And it's, it's mostly, you know, for me, it's like it is, it's a day-to-day practice you know there's there's time for meditation and mm-hmm. and sometimes you know like when I get really tense because I, I have a job that is like very very crazy sometimes mm-hmm. and um, there's all you know I'll be sitting on the bus and all of a sudden out of the corner of my eye there's this incredible sunset and it's like thank you goddess you know you see this beauty and it's like hey you you know <laughs> you can mellow out now right <laughs> so, right yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's always like that. And and what I find, too, is like, you know, under Christianity and all the stuff I learned there, it's, you know, you're down on your knees begging forgiveness. You're begging for this. You're begging for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm finding that my path now, it's every morning is thank you, you yeah. know. And it's just, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Do you have any special quote that kind of guides you? in life or that you really like that you'd like to share? Well, my favorite quote comes from Doreen Valiente in The Charge of the Goddess. She said, and you who seek to know me, know that the seeking and yearning will avail you not unless you know the mystery. For if that which you seek, you find not within yourself, you will never find it without. For behold, I have been with you from the beginning and I am that which is attained at the end of desire. Thanks, Peggy. That was a great quote. So I have one last question that I ask all of our guests, and that is, how is Unitarian Universalism as a religious denomination uniquely positioned to serve and impact society? One of the principles is a call for social justice work. And to be able to go out into the world and try to make a difference for the better. You know, there are so many ways you can do that. There are people that are active. Well, the Gay Pride Parade. Yeah. Um, there are the Unitarian congregations dress up as angels and hecklers. They stand in front of the hecklers as, uh-huh. you know, as the parade goes by. Then there are people, Greater Cleveland congregations, there are social justice issues that they deal with, and our congregation is very active with that. Just. We're, we're kind of right now, because we have a new minister, mm-hmm. working on trying to get more out into the community. Reverend Joe himself is very cool, because he's tithed 10% of his time to community. Oh. So for four hours a week, he goes out and works in community organizations. Uh, right now, there's he, they're getting it set up, I think, the Cleveland Heights Youth Center. So he would be there just as a counselor. Okay. Um, oh, there was another thing that he had done with, was it a transgender people in, in 
Cleveland City Hall, they were getting some sort of harassment, okay. and the ministers came down, and there were, you know, a local Unitarian ministers, yeah. and just stood there, you know, with the people that were being harassed and said, you don't have to feel bad about this, you know. Wow. You're, we're here to support you, wow. and um, so... That's great. So that yeah. just that social justice movement. And Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that, that really does tie in with that, the whole thing, too, with, um, well, the interdependent web mm -hmm. of life. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's one of the principles and of the UU principles, and it's very, very much, you know, a pagan um, yeah. concept. So, And the whole inherent worth and dignity yeah. of all. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's yeah. Well, yeah. All right. Well, thanks, Peggy. That Thank was you. Great. It was fun. Thank yeah. you. This episode of the UU Perspective podcast is supported by all you pagans and witchy women out there, along with all our friends in Canada and Mexico who are now listening. If you go to the UUPerspective.com website, you'll find all the show notes and any of the links that our guests have referred to. And please go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio where you'll find us at the UU Perspective podcast and you can download, subscribe, and leave a review. Let me know what you think of the show, who you'd like to hear in the future, and any improvements you'd like to hear. So again, thanks for listening. I really appreciate the fact that you take the time to listen to the episodes and we'll catch you next time on the UU Perspective podcast. Okay. Are you still there? Here's another week of giving you a little tidbit about myself. I, at one time, was a registered veterinary technician. Yep, sure was. I like a lot of variety in my life. Okay, bye.